Pause I Am Radio with your host, Robert Brining, sharing stories from across the United States and around the world. To join the conversation, call 929-477-3572. That's 929-477-3572. Each week, we'll bring you our exclusive HIV scoop with Josh Robbins and your positive message from Rise Up to HIV and Kevin Maloney. Your weekly dose of hope. Pause I Am Radio. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the October 7th edition of Pause I Am Radio. Brady Dale, hello. Hey, Robert, how's things up there in Philly? Oh, it is a nice, actual, like, summer day here, even though we're in the middle of fall. Um, It's about 80-something degrees, and it feels like summer. Exact same conditions in Nashville. It feels like we are right in the midst and grips of the depths of summer heat and humidity. It is nasty outside. Yeah, it's going to hit us, though. When that winter comes, we are going to get hit. You know, Probably not as much as our guest is going to get hit, but we're going to get hit a lot. That is true. That is true. I'm sure that they're going to see a lot more of that white stuff in Colorado than I will see here in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> But we're definitely going to get a lot. So, um, so, so, how have you been? Um, I know this week was kind of a this weekend was a busy weekend for you. Um, I kind of want to talk about what you did yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so yesterday was our it was the Nashville Cares annual AIDS 5K walk and run. Um, got up at 4:30 yesterday morning to get up uh, or in time to get over there to unload and get our table set up. Uh, some of you may know, I also serve as the chairman of the Nashville Regional HIV Planning Council, which is Ryan White Part A, and we had our first official table at the event um, yesterday, trying to get the public aware of who we are and what we do. So it was a really exciting day getting to speak to uh, a lot of folks about as to what the council does, why we exist, uh, about Ryan White, uh, why the legislation exists. Uh, the importance of it. So it was just a really good day, and not to mention uh, just getting to see all the runners and walkers and everyone there in support uh, trying to help fight and raise money to end the epidemic and, and see the end of HIV and AIDS. That was a really now, fun I know, day. you know, in, in different cities, the, the turnout for the AIDS walk is, you know, different. Um, I know in Philly, we used to have a really big turnout, and then it kind of over the years became smaller. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the way the Philly is laid out, but you used to start at the art museum, uh, you know, the famous steps where Rocky uh, ran up in the movie, you know, Sylvester Stallone. Right. Uh, you would right. start there and walk all the way around um, and, and, and end up at the other side and come out. And they actually cut the walk in half to where now you basically wow. go backwards halfway and then turn back around and walk the way that you came. And I don't know if that's kind of, was for uh, budget reasons, but I, I just noticed that the crowd has gotten smaller and smaller. And I know for me, it's kind of, I don't know, it was less walking. And for me, it was about doing the walk and, and feeling the struggle. You know what I mean? Like walking the, right. the, I don't know. No, I get it. I totally get it. Now here in Nashville, and that may just be um, races in general with cities and the populations getting larger, um, trying to cut down on traffic congestion when they try to shut yeah. down these major streets. Uh, to do these races, but um, we also, here in Nashville, they do also the the kind of round track. You only run about halfway one direction and then run the other half of the race back, so. 
And the crowd, yeah, it's, it's, I would say, the crowd this year I mean, seemed a little light. I know that there were still several hundred people out there yesterday morning, but um, I know too this year in the past they had had like a grand marshal or or something to that effect of the of the walk, and we didn't have that this year. And I don't know if that attributed to a, a little bit of a, of a smaller crowd size or not, but. But it is what it is, and I'm appreciative of everyone who did show up and everyone who donated and, and everyone um, for their time and, and, and all the other vendors that came out to, uh, to try and to fight the epidemic. It was, it was a really good day, like I said. Yeah, walks like this where you've raised money, is a, it's a great way to, to get involved for you know, anybody. You know, anybody who's looking to do something just a little as easy as just exercising and taking a, a couple-mile walk you know, and raising money and, and being pledged and it's just it's a great way to get involved um, if you don't know where to start. You know, a lot of people exactly. have reached out to me. Yeah, since, I just wanted to say, you know, a lot of people have reached out to me recently um, since going to Positive Living and kind of posting things like that who are newly diagnosed and, you know, asking how they can get involved. And, you know, the first thing I tell them is, you know, the Philly AIDS Walk is coming up, especially if there's somebody local. Uh, I believe it's next weekend. Um, you can start by, you know, raising money that way or, or, or just blogging. And, and, I mean, now it's so easy with social media. You can just go live and talk. And so many people are doing that, like today's guest. Exactly, exactly. Um, and, and I couldn't agree more. Like yesterday, the vendors, we had, you know, churches, pharmaceutical companies, ASOs, CBOs, other nonprofits. Um, it, it is a great place just to even, you know, see who else is in the community that you may not have been aware of. So it's a perfect time to network. And, and meet new folks uh, and get involved. So, yes, I, yes, I agree. I so later, later we have a special HIV scoop from Josh Robbins that includes. Uh, we'll give a little hint, uh, a little sample of his single that he's dropped on iTunes. So that should be interesting to hear. So stay tuned for that. But I want to talk about today's guest. You know, Davina Connor D. Positively D. However you know her. Positively um, D. One of my BFFs. You know, that's what we. We call each other. I met her at Healthy Voices um, two years ago, the first one that I attended, and it was like an instant friendship. Like it just felt like we were family immediately. And her energy, her love, her—it's so in, infectious. Just the way that she, her energy—I just love it. It just kind of fills the room when you see her. Absolutely, and I couldn't have said it better. When she is one of those types of people that when she walks into the room, even if your back is to the door, you know that Dee has just entered the room. You can just feel it. She puts off that kind of energy, that positive energy, and that's why she is positively Dee. Yes, it is. So let's go ahead and bring Dee on. Hello, Dee. Hey, BFF. How are you? <laughs> Good girl. How you doing? I'm good. Hey, Brady. How are you? I'm good, Dee. How about yourself, darling? I'm good. It's good to be on. Nice to hear your guys' voice, especially you, Robert. Oh, it's good to hear your voice, too, sweetie. I was so happy to see you. Um, I just want to say I was so happy to see you at the um, Global Citizen Festival when I saw that you were there representing Johnson & Johnson. Tell me what it was like to be there. That was, it was wonderful because we were able to see those artists. <laughs> Just Ooh, to yeah. know that they came together and gave all these individuals free tickets for the work that they're doing in their community says a lot. Um, 
and I don't think the individuals were doing it for the free tickets. Um, it just lets you know that people want to get involved with their community and um, work with uh, making a change. So that that was great to know. I think it was 60,000 people there. Yeah, there was a lot. Yeah. yeah, there were a lot of people there. Yeah, it was good to see you. And and I, don't, I, don't usually, I don't usually do <laughs> I don't usually do crowds too well, but yeah, it um, it was it was it was nice. It was nice. Cool. So that's so, that's uh, the D two D. I was just gonna say the older I get, the more and more. I was gonna say the more and more those crowds start to bother me. I used to be the first one in a nightclub or a bar dancing and a packed dance floor, and now I just was like, how in the world did I ever do that? It makes me so so nervous. It makes me so nervous. <laughs> yeah, I was one of those teenagers that just never did crowds. I've always been like that. Not that. Speaking big. of your teen years, I'm so, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, D. Speaking of your teen years, um, tell us more about you, uh, about D. Growing up and and pre-diagnosis. About D. Mm. Huh. D was a teenager um, who had a father who started to use drugs in the 80s, and it broke our household. My mother became an alcoholic, and me and my identical twin sister fend for ourselves since we were 15. Um, I've been working hard since I was 15. Um, wow. I met a, yeah, I met a man at 17, well, before 17, at 15 year old, at 15 year, years old, I was with a gentleman who was abusive. Um, gosh, this is a lot. <laughs> I was a man who was abusive. And then at 17, I met someone else and, um, he was abusive. And he used drugs, and I stayed with him for 10 years, had a child, and then found out I was diagnosed a couple of months, a few months after we split up. Um, so you, you think about, you think about, oh, I'm going to have this great life now. I got rid of this guy, and bam, now I find out I have HIV. So um, that was that was tough for me. That was really tough for me. And uh, it took me, I don't know, three or four months before I got over being diagnosed. And then I finally just said, screw this. (laughs) (laughs) Screw this. (laughs) And I, um, everybody in my family knew that I was diagnosed from uncles, aunties, cousins. There's no one that didn't know down to friends. Um, It didn't bother me if they told someone else. Um, I never had an issue with telling anybody that I was diagnosed. And then I met a man. And the man that I met was had his own cleaning business. And on the weekends, or on his lunch break, he was delivering food to AIDS patients in their oh, homes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So he knew about HIV. But I didn't even know he was doing any of that when I told him that I was diagnosed. So we ended up we ended up getting married and we had a child and 
then he was abusive and he was on drugs. And <laughs> so, I mean, it's like the cycle just kept going. Um, and I think it came from, I think mentally we don't realize that we're doing things. Um, it's embedded in our, in our, in our brains. My father ended up being abusive and he was on drugs. And it's funny how the relationships that I ended up in were the same way. Yeah. The relationships that I ended up in were the exact same way of how I seen my father when him and my mother divorced. So, yeah, that that was tough. But it didn't take how are you, took me how were you able to how were you able to go in and I was gonna say, D, how did you go in how did you break that cycle? <laughs> when I got divorced from my husband, um I said, no more, <laughs> no more, I'm not doing this anymore. So I stayed by myself for six years. No relationships, no touching, no kissing, no hugging, no sex, no nothing. And I just started to evaluate certain things and started telling myself what I wanted. And... um I know it used, there used to be times where, uh, you know, someone used to try to talk to me, hey, beautiful lady. I said, oh, no, thank you, and I just keep walking. And then I looked up, and three years had passed, and That's I said, right. oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I walked out for three years. <laughs> well, then, and then did your HIV diagnosis have a have a, have anything to play into why you kept yourself single for six years, or was it just the way that you had been treated uh, in the past by men that was the main contributor for that? No, it wasn't my diagnosis. It was the, the way I was treated. Um, gotcha. So I, I I just stayed by myself to figure out why. Did I keep ending, why did I keep ending up in these relationships since I was 15? Something had to change. So um, that's what I did. I stayed by myself and started to love myself and started to smile more and, and learn that I didn't need to be in a relationship to be happy. So I, I, I was like, well, I'm not happy. And, and I'm, I'm looking for relationships that aren't good for me. Because I just wanted to be in a relationship, you know, it's like I was Captain Save a Ho. Oh, I can take care of him. I'll, I'll change him. Yeah, seriously, it, it wasn't gonna work. I couldn't change them. Captain Save a Ho. Yeah, Captain Save a Ho. So funny, you know, good. Yeah. You know, the, you, you talk about it was like 21 years ago that you were diagnosed, and, and now look at you out there shouting it from the rooftops, as I like to say, um, oh, up nominated for awards and winning awards, getting so many, so much recognition. I just have to tell you that it's so well-deserved. The work that you're doing is very, very important. Mm-hmm. And, um, Thank you, you know, Robert. It's, just, it's, just, it's, it's so nice to see that the recognition for all the hard work is there because you do so much. I can't tell you that Facebook live stuff. Uh, we're trying to grasp our fingers around it. And it's just, I haven't gotten to the point to where I'm ready to put my face out there. <laughs> like yeah. literally live, you know, it's tough. So for you to do that and, you know, I want to talk about your podcast first. What made you, you start uh, doing the positively D discussion podcast and then 
I want to also talk about Paz Haven, your foundation. Okay. Um, I started doing the podcast. It was funny how it happened. I was uh, I was on Facebook one day, and I seen this post go by that says, anyone who has been in a relationship with someone who is not diagnosed with HIV and they're diagnosed, message me. So I messaged this lady. And I says, well, I was in that in that type of relationship, and then I had a baby who wasn't diagnosed. And she says, okay, call this number right now. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, now? She was like, yeah, the show's on right now. Call the number right now. And it was on, it was a blog talk show, blog talk radio show. And so I called, and it was me and two other young ladies that were on, and um, we just talked on the show about being diagnosed and being in a relationship with someone that isn't. And um, when the show was about to end, a man by the name of Ronald Spikes that ran Blog Talk USA tells me and the two other young ladies that, uh, hey, how about you guys do a show together on, on my Blog Talk USA? And all three of us were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we could do that. So we got his information. And for about a month, I think, he kept setting up conference calls, and I was the only one that was calling in. <laughs> and so, yes, and finally he said, you're going to do it by yourself. And I said, I can't do that by myself. And he said, yes, you can. You, you want it too bad. You keep calling. You keep calling in. You're the only one calling in. And I was like, I've never done podcasts or radio or anything. What I don't know what to do. And he told me he was going to walk me through it. And he stayed on that show with me every single week until I got it. And then he taught me how to use the board over the phone and taught me how to upload and put the songs on. He taught me everything. And um, it's it's something how you don't realize when something, I call it my calling, when mm-hmm. you don't realize it. Um, I love my show. <laughs> So I love you're doing show. it now. We love four your show. Years. I've been doing it four years, and it and it, and it started to me um, for people that weren't open, and that's why I loved it so much because people that weren't open with their status were able to call in and share their journey of HIV, and it's like it gave them this big relief to let it out. Um. So I think now I'm kind of like struggling with how to incorporate that with the live still yeah. because those individuals are not able to do that right now. And that was the best part of this show. The anonymity part, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 So, so talk about some of the, some of the shows that um, of your, you know, the past four years, some shows that stick out as maybe your favorite or the ones that really are, are the ones that you remember the most. Mm. There was a show with Bianca who um, passed away a couple of years ago. And um, she was a young lady who was born with HIV. And um, she struggled as a child um, being diagnosed. They didn't tell her she was diagnosed until she was about 12, I believe. And she still didn't really understand it. And she reached out and told one of her friends. And her friend told other people. Um, so that was hard. That was It was a really good show, though. 
um, just thinking about her now, um, it, it, it chokes me up because I don't think people realize um, how much people struggle being diagnosed and then being so young and having to deal with it and her mother passing away. And so she passed away because she was tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was tired. Yeah. You she know, did, yeah, I was yeah. actually thinking so, about this today. I'm going to ask you this one question and I'll pass it back over to Brady. But I was sitting there thinking about, you know, going through uh, the, the people that we've had on the show for over years and then, you know, people pass away. And like you mentioned, Bianca's story. And there's a few friends here that we've lost, you know, along the way that yeah. I've had, this, this, you know, the, the, the opportunity to interview and having their story kind of archived in a unique way, yeah. whether it's our, you know, yeah. our show is so awesome because I shared it with the family, you know, and they've been like, oh, thank you so much. I would have never known that you did this, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, or would have never known that this was out there. So, like, doing this, you know, this calling of having a collection of stories, it's so awesome. And I just want, you know, I think it's just, don't you feel like you get that, like, uh, I don't know, that kind of like revalidation again when you're able to pass on something that or, like, the voice of somebody, you know? Yeah, because you can share it again. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can share it again. And, and and I've had a few people go back and listen to uh, Bianca's um, show. There's a lot of shows, though, that mm-hmm. that I can't forget. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them that I can't forget. But that one right there is just one that just really never stays um, out of my head. Right. Hey, uh, well, Dee, tell us real quick um, a little bit more now about your foundation. Um, well, the the Pond Saving Foundation actually started in Las Vegas. Um, I did all of my paperwork, and, and but I just never kept up with it. Um, I started it, I can't remember what year it was. Oh, goodness, let me think, let me think. It's been maybe seven years ago. It was start okay. eight years ago. We started it eight years ago. And then we started one in Nigeria. So there's a Paz Haven Foundation in Nigeria because we had a uh, a vision of connecting the two and helping those in Nigeria. Also, um, gotcha. It's there, yeah. There's still there's still one in Nigeria. They have been waiting for me for many many years. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah. So I had to do all the paperwork over again. And I did that here in Denver. And um, I tell everybody, well, it started out as a grassroots advocacy, you know, Um, mentoring people over the phone. I've I've been doing that for a long time, Um, helping people diagnose, newly diagnosed, get over being diagnosed. And that's how it started. So um, that's part of Pots Haven. the other part, we just incorporated the grassroots advocacy, going out, speaking, the mentoring, my show. Um, right now, I'm working on developing a uh, – how could I say this? I'm working on doing some things in Nigeria, um, and that's where we're going to start. And uh, I can't say a lot about it right now. <laughs> No, I. Uh, but we will be, someone, yeah. But we're going. We're, we're going to uh, work to I'll get about eight time. advocates. 
to go to Nigeria yeah. and talk about U equals U. Oh, that's awesome, U equals U. Well, speaking of U equals U, D, tell us um, a little mm-hmm. bit more about this great new um, collaboration between Vive and Prevention Access Campaign that you are part of with the Positive Series. Oh, my goodness, it's so beautiful. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to turn out like that. Um, I, they got a hold of me, and they just asked me to send them my story and some photos. And they're going to take my photos and my story, and they're going to create a virtual character. I didn't see any of it until I went to the conference um, in Orlando. I wanted to wait to see it with everyone else. So I, I don't even know what to say because I can't believe how good it turned out. I was in tears. And and I think this campaign, like I said at the conference, it my story will help a lot of women to realize that they can have children um, because so many women, uh, so many women's doctors have told them when they were diagnosed that they can't have any children. Um, so if I didn't, if I didn't have the doctor that I had, I would not have my daughter today. So, um, I thank my doctor so much for that, and, and I wish that other women had that chance. Um, some of them can't have kids now um, because Absolutely. of that. Um, some of them waited so long that they're they're too old to have children now. So, um, and I yeah, I can relate. I mean, I'm I feel like I'm in I'm not a woman, but I'm I'm in that same boat. Yeah. Here. I feel like I feel like my diagnosis robbed me of the of the chance to be a dad. Yeah. Uh, you know. It, yeah. And I'm I'm this space may deceive a lot of folks, but I'm way too old to be chasing around a little one right now. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh. Just to let the, the listeners know, if you have not uh, checked it out yet, go to positiveseries.org or positiveseries.com. I'm sorry, it's positiveseries.com. And what it is, it's a campaign, a beautifully artistically done campaign, um, helping to disseminate the Yukushu message. Uh, there's downloadable videos, uh, posters, flyers, palm cards. They're all customizable. Uh, you can put your own logos and all on it, but it's a, a brilliant campaign. and and so glad to have Dee on who, who participated in that. So thank you, Dee. Yes. No, you're welcome. It, it, it's something, though, because that's the first U equals U campaign in the United States. And it makes right. you wonder why. You know, why? Why, why? why aren't people wanting to talk about it? So I thank Dee and, and Prevention Access. And it's not just because I'm part of the campaign, but because the campaign needed to be out there. Absolutely. And I'll tell you Absolutely. one thing. The, I, it definitely has to be out there because for me, I was just talking about this the other day, somebody, how I walk into my doctor's office and it is a big HIV, um, you, know, uh, you know, aid service organization that has dentists and everything. It's like one of the biggest ones in Philly um, and it's Philadelphia site. And there's not one message on the wall mm-hmm. of you equals you. And I don't understand why 
they're not promoting this in my doctor's office. Like, not one mm-hmm. sign. Nothing. Nope. I don't understand mm-hmm. why. I don't and understand. It's, 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 it doesn't make sense it's a, to me. It's, it's a lot of places in the United States. It, it's, I, I moved here from Las Vegas, you guys. And uh, I have a really good friend in Las Vegas named Connie Rose. I call her Cricket. And and we started this advocacy around the same time. And now I have left. Um, she now works for an organization uh, in in Las Vegas. And, and she, we heard her talk the other day. And she says the health department won't even jump on. And, and she's working so hard to get people to start talking about it. And she goes, see, they don't like me. They they don't want to talk to her. They don't want her around because she, they know she's going to mention you equals you. So <laughs> I go on Twitter <laughs> and start Call about. calling them out. Call them out. <laughs> Be- yeah, because I'm not understanding as a provider, why wouldn't you want somebody diagnosed to have this information? Why do you want them to live their life thinking, first of all, that they're infectious, second of all, that they are afraid to have children, so you're not helping them at all. Um, you're keeping them to stigmatize against themselves, and it's not right. It's not right. I agree that you and the message is like a big boost of confidence when you're newly diagnosed yeah. or, you know, it's yeah. just, I just don't understand why that isn't being passed out enough. I agree. Yeah. Well, the same. Well, let's, they, let's they take better a quick be glad break. I'm not in Las Vegas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, let's take a quick break and play uh, today's HIV scoop by Josh Robbins, and we'll be right back with Steve. This is the all-new HIV Scoop with Josh Robbins, exclusively for Paws I Am Radio. This week's buzzworthy sexual health news in under two minutes. Here's Josh Robbins with this week's HIV Scoop. So what's up, everyone? I'm just so excited that I always get to talk to you guys. Even though you don't necessarily talk back to me, it's fine. Big news happened this week. So let's jump right into it. According to MDMAG, clinicians and public health official advocates for universal screening for new HIV infections say a crucial setting for practicing the testing of people has been overlooked. And where is that happening? It's in pediatric emergency room departments. According to a study in a retrospective review of confirmed positive HIV tests in adolescents and young adults, investigators from a series of Dallas-based medical centers have found that missed HIV screening opportunities are more common in pediatric EDs without a universal screening program than adult emergency room departments with an actual program. In other news, Damon Jacobs, the administrator of PrepFact's Facebook group, and he's also a good friend of mine, he shared some news that he never wanted to share but had to. Here's what he said. I'm saddened to share this news with you today as the first documented breakthrough HIV transmission with verified adherence to PrEP has occurred in the United States. Although we always knew this was likely to happen someday, it seemed like an abstract concept until now. 
He continues to quote Dr. Robert Grant that says, quote, we know PrEP is greater than 99% effective. There are some cases where HIV will break through. Fortunately, those cases are caught early, treated, and suppressed quickly, end quote. And finally, if you're like me and adherence doesn't come naturally, we've got to get creative. I wanted a song, y'all. I wanted a song to take with my HIV meds every day, and there wasn't one, and I couldn't think of a good reason not to have a song. So, you know what I did? I dropped a single on iTunes, like everybody in Nashville. I get it. Uh, And it's on iTunes and other major music platforms. It's called Take the Pill Every Day. And not to throw out some good self-promotion, but it's kind of like the pharma cha-cha slide, you know what I mean? Anyway, here's part of that song. Alrighty then, we are back live. Brady, Davina, Robert. Yes. Are you all there? I don't know. Um, on my end, the end of that scoop uh, sounded a little um, messed up on my end, so I don't know if it was across the board or just my own phone. So I apologize for that if there was any kind of weird sounding. No? Yes? Anybody? No. Sounds good now. Uh, Alrighty then, so we are good to go. See? All right, um, so. Oh, go ahead, Rob. No, I just want to make sure that I can't hear Dee. Is she there? Yes, I'm here. All right, girl. Go ahead, Brady. <laughs> All right, Dee. Um, just tell – I was going to say, uh, we were talking before we left, you know, the reasons why we're not hearing this U equals you message. Um, and I just wanted to chime in and just say I, I, it really does bother me as well, the, the paternalism and and everything that we still see, the gatekeeping that's out there. I know that's an issue that <laughs> I've seen Bruce turn red in the face more than once talking about, and it is maddening. What do you think we as advocates, what, what, what can we keep doing to, uh, to make sure that we, we see an end to this? We got to keep talking about you equals you. Just keep talking about it. Social, I don't think people realize how the impact that you can make on social media um, and, and just like your show, you know, it, you can make an impact. You you think people aren't listening, but they really are listening. Um, and as long as we keep talking about it and keep talking about it, no matter what nobody says, other people are listening, even if it's one person. Um, I get messages from people about you equals you, people that thought that they were infectious, and it. it it's heartbreaking that the doctors aren't, you know, the physicians aren't talking about this, but because we're advocates and we're the ones that are diagnosed with this, they're going to believe us before they believe them because right. we're the ones living with it. So it's just like um, it's just like the Denver Principles. That's what it reminds me of, um, not letting anyone uh, keep you quiet. <laughs> And dictate our path for us. Yeah, and dictate, exactly. So I, I think it's just us as advocates have to just keep talking about it. 
that, well, that, that's, how, to, that's how that's how it happens. <laughs> right. I was gonna say. I mean, that's, that's one thing I've loved, and you brought it up. Um, that's one thing I've I've loved seeing about this campaign is how all around the world, just the power of one advocate in in each of these countries or cities around the world. It just took one person standing up and choosing mm-hmm. paternalism and saying no. Look, this is science, and and it's affecting people's lives. Um, and it was just, it's like, it's like, it's been a, a reawakening and the surge of advocacy around the world. Yeah. One person at a time, it has been amazing. Yep. That's what we need to do. We just have to keep talking about it. Um, I, always that's say, why I don't care what people think. <laughs> I don't care how they talk to me. I've been told, um, I shouldn't be an advocate. I should be ashamed of myself. Um, my pages should be shut down. I've heard so many different things. <laughs> I just keep going. <laughs> well, Dee, we've touched on several things that you are you're involved in. Um, one last uh, issue, real quick. I know I met you just this year, earlier this year, at the HIV mm. is not a crime conference in Indianapolis. Yes. Um, and I also mm. got to meet the, the wonderful Miss Connie Rose Cricket, as you call her, um, there as well. But can you tell us? Um, more about your your work in HIV criminalization advocacy. Oh, goodness. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> goodness. <laughs> why, why, I why am. Well, I'm against. Now? I'm against HIV criminalization, and and I'll, I'll explain to you as short as I can why. Until the laws change, I'll always be against HIV criminalization. You you have some people that that will say well. I, I don't agree because of this part or somebody needs to go to jail because of this part and because of this part. Well, right. the law is not taking those laws that they put in effect and issuing them out separately. Um, I, I say we're all criminal. Uh, us being diagnosed, we're all criminalized now. Once you're diagnosed, you're already guilty, period, even if you haven't done anything. So exactly. I'm not gonna exactly. yeah, I'm not gonna agree to those laws until they're changed. Do I agree? If 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 someone goes a forty five year old man goes and has sex with an eighteen year old girl and don't tell doesn't tell her that he's diagnosed, well no, I don't agree with it. But I'm not gonna agree with that law until they change the law. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. I, but, I and, and I don't think people realize that being diagnosed, no one knows the person's mindset when they're diagnosed. So you can't just look, look Monique Howe. She was criminalized, and now she has a, a short film coming out. And I think that film is going to prove to it, show a lot of people the mindset of someone that's diagnosed in having sex with someone without telling them. She's not a criminal. She's a good person, and we all make mistakes. We make mistakes. So a lot of women are uh, angry. There are a lot of women that are angry, and I'm sure there's a lot of men that are angry that they were diagnosed with HIV. But they have to take accountability for their part also. And they have to realize if they agree with these laws, then they're criminalizing themselves because someone can turn around and do the same thing to them 
when they told them that they were diagnosed. So Absolutely. they really need to think about that. Yeah. I might get a I might get a phone call and someone say I didn't tell them because I I I lived that way for some time when I was first diagnosed. I didn't tell people that I was diagnosed with HIV. So what if I get a phone call next week and now I'm being criminalized? So are those people that I know that are get that are for it? Are they going to agree that I need to go to jail? It happened 20 years ago. Do you understand right. what I'm saying? Right. I mean, yeah. besides all the stigma and the other stuff that, and the initial shame and guilt, we all most people feel, at, you know, on the onset of our or at the beginning of our diagnosis. Um, you know, that's this criminalization is a whole other backpack of weight that we carry around. As you know, yeah. a lot of people don't even realize is there until it's. I know that just at Positive Living, I was talking to a young man from living in Florida who did not know that it was a crime for him not to disclose. So, exactly. I mean, See. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. people that don't know. Yeah. Look at Sam J. Sam J. Sam J. Didn't know. He didn't exactly. know either. So yeah, they don't know. A lot of people don't know. That's why it's so important that we have these conversations and have podcasts like yours and ours to yep. to to have exactly. some real conversations. You know, because you know people are asking where can they find you. I, um, on Facebook, you are under Positively D. Positively D's discussion, right? That's positively with a Z, so people will find it. We have it linked here in our Facebook, so people will uh, be able to find you there. Uh, where can they find you on Twitter? It's at Davina Connor because Twitter won't let you change your name. <laughs> so there you go. At Davina Connor. Yeah. And then people can actually find you right here on Blog Talk Radio. So right after this show, they can go right up to the search and search. Positively D, and your show will come awesome. off all your shows, right? Yep, every single one of them. There you go. So go there, like it, bookmark it, uh, you know, add D, follow her everywhere. D, I just have to say you're awesome. You've been on the cover of Positively Aware. Uh, you're up for a positive word. Briefly, we have like a, a few minutes, a couple seconds left. Uh, tell us about the positive word you're up for and where people can go and vote for you. The, the positive word is... Um, the 2018 Positive Word for Best Video Series. So that's what I'm up for. So people um, can go there I didn't even know, I know it. I did. it yeah. They can vote a few times. I didn't even it. know it. <laughs> Someone messaged me and told me I had no clue. <laughs> I was like, that's what? That's the best time. So, that's the best kind yeah. of award. Yeah. Well, congratulations, I, I and no we wish clue. you luck on that. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. I hope to see you soon. I hope to see you soon as well. I know yeah. uh, we have a. I'm going to be on your show soon, so uh, hopefully yes, we'll you play are. something. Uh, so and we I have hope that you're healthy out. voices. I hope we both can attend healthy voices. Uh, yeah, you're coming I hope up. So. It's, it's in Dallas this year, so we have to make sure we get there. Yeah. Let me, yeah, let so me just say. Let me guys. say something. Let me say uh-huh. something. Um, just to let everybody know, I attended Healthy Voices two years ago. And never, and I'm going to keep saying it, never in my life have I ever attended a conference where there was so much love, not only from the advocates that were attending, from Janssen Pharmaceutical and the staff. After the conference, I cried, Robert. 
I, I literally cried because you can tell, even though Janssen is a pharmaceutical company, they really do care about those that are diagnosed with HIV. They really do. Um, so I just had to say that because, uh, again, that was the I've never been to a conference like that ever. Ever. Yeah, I had the same kind of um, emotional. I had the same kind of emotional backlash when I got home from Healthy Voices this year as well. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. They care. So that's they awesome. do. Well, Dee, thank you for joining us. Uh, we're down to the last few seconds, so I just wanted to say thank you for taking time out of your Sunday, and I hope you have a happy day. Oh, happy day, you guys! I love <laughs> you guys. Well, thank love you for having TV. me on. Okay. So, Brady, uh, real quick, uh, we have like 20 seconds. Real quick, tell us about who we're going to have on next week. Next week, uh, it looks like we're going to have, is it Mark King? Yes, Mark King. That's right. That's right, Mark King. So uh, join us for that. Uh, my side of this disease. Not that we'll see you next week. That. I'm sorry, y'all. Thanks for listening to Pause I Am Radio, your dose of hope. Connect with the show at pauseiamradio.com or on social media, and we'll see you next time.